Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and wool markets. I'm Olivia Agar. Thanks for listening to another week of Commodity Conversations. Well, if there wasn't enough going on in global red meat markets, this week it was a cyber attack on JBS Swift, which brought operations to a halt here and in the US as well. Now, on last check, they are on schedule to resume production. And while there was a bit of a price fall for lamb in Victoria and US cattle prices, they should see a pretty quick rebound once things are back up and running and they've worked through the backlog. Of course, one of the other big factors in the red meat market at present is the situation in South America, as they've become a very important player in the beef trade, particularly supplying into China, but they are facing supply challenges of their own, and in Argentina, they've put a 30-day halt on exports in an attempt to lessen the pressure on beef prices. So South America is where we're heading to today. We'll be joined by Roberto Cardellino from Delta Consultants in Uruguay to get an understanding of the beef situation with a little update on wool at the end there. So enjoy the episode and I'll leave you with Robert Herman and Roberto Cardellino after a thank you to today's sponsor. Today's sponsor of Commodity Conversations is Cleaver's Organic Meats. All Cleaver's products are sourced from Australian family-owned farms where animals are raised in free-range environments are grass-fed from start to finish and meet the strict animal welfare requirements of the Australian Certified Organic Standard. They offer a wide range of delicious lamb, beef and chicken products. Jump on their website to learn more at www.cleaversorganics.com.au Well, thanks, Olivia. Yes, it's great to have Roberto back on Body Conversations podcast and, and our listeners will remember that Roberto gave us some really good insights on sheep and particularly the wool industry. But today we're going to actually tap into Roberto being based in Uruguay uh, and let us know what's happening in South America in terms of beef and uh, red meat, but specifically beef. And the reason that's important is that in recent times we've seen demand increase, especially out of the US, where prices are going up, they're getting ready for the barbecue grilling season and they're recovering from COVID-19, and they're all excited about that. But at the same time, we're so we're seeing demand increase and prices increase, but we're seeing supply constraints. So in the US, there's labour issues at the processes and meatworks. Um, they're not able to get the throughput that they would like, so there's a little bit of a hold up there. Then we've had, in this last week, everybody knows we've had the JBS issue. But the, the other factor that's going to come into play is Argentina. And Argentina is important. Uh, the big countries, Roberto, you can tell us about this, but the big countries in South America have a lot of cattle, but Argentina exports in the last five, six years about 50% of the volume that Australia exports. So it's an important market. In, it's an important supplier in the red meat market, and it's important we know what's going to happen. So just give us a little bit of background firstly, Roberto, firstly, welcome to Commodity Conversations. And secondly, give us a little bit of background on the South American situation and more specifically what Argentina has done with their beef exports. Well, first of all, thanks uh, very much to you, Rob, for the kind invitation. I, for me, it's a pleasure to talk to you and, and, and be able to, to be in contact uh, with Australia, which I consider my, my second home. Okay, so 
in trying to to uh, to answer what, what you ask, uh, Rob. Obviously, uh, not not all South America, but some countries in South America have become very very important in terms of beef meat production. The the four main countries in in, in South America: are Brazil, which has a uh, 220 million head of beef cattle, then Argentina, 50 or 52 million, and then Brazil, uh, Paraguay and, and Uruguay, which are the smaller than, than Brazil, obviously, and, and Argentina with 12 to 13 million uh, head of, of beef cattle. Okay? Basically, in, 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 in Argentina and Uruguay, mostly based on Temperate climate, not not tropical climate. So we're mainly dealing with uh, with uh, Angus or Herefords. And once you move north to Paraguay and to Brazil, obviously the the Zebu uh, blood is coming in because uh, it's too it's too hot and too too tropical. Okay, but under these conditions, tropical conditions, you know, where we have plenty of rain. And uh, you know the growth of grasses, uh, summer grasses, are, they, they grow very, very quickly and it produces a lot of uh, vegetable matter. They we're able to in increase the, their stocks, and, and and obviously they are now competitors in, in in the market. Okay, well, Uruguay because our population is very small; it's only three point half million people. We export uh, eighty percent of the production, so. Only 20% is for home consumption. And uh, Argentina is the other way around. It's, uh, they export, say, 20-25%, uh, nothing more than that. And in and, and, and Brazil, is, is the population is, is nearly similar to, to the population of beef cattle. So, but obviously, the, the volume is, is, is very high, okay? And uh, we're competing in, in, in the... In the same markets, at present, uh, probably China is uh, the main market for for us, and it was for for Argentina as well. All do have to compete, but uh, for some reason, probably connected to say better access to markets and better quality of beef, the the price in Uruguay for for the producers is 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 the best now in compared to to the other four three countries. Okay. Just to give you an example, uh, say a fattened steer at the moment, you would get uh, 4.2 US dollar per kilogram carcass, okay? And uh, in Argentina would be, before the, the ban and all these problems, it was close to 4, 4.1, and then Paraguay is less than that. So Paraguay is less developed, they have uh, improve the, the beef breed stock mainly because they 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 went to the north and and started to to uh, to cut the uh, say the native trees and so on and plant this uh, this uh, tropical grass species and 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 they developed they were able to develop a, a good business but uh, all these countries in particular not 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 the rest of South America once you move to to the western part, say, where you have the Andes and the soil is not so good, like Chile or Peru, Bolivia, whatever, they know they no, do not produce uh, 
beef meat and uh, actually Chile, for example, they import beef from us and from Argentina as well. So that's a local market. Roberto, that, that's a good summary of the production. Of course, one of the things about South America, and you mentioned the population of Brazil is about as, it's about as many people as there are cattle, but they're also big eaters of beef. And uh, I noticed that uh, even though the per capita consumption in Argentina has dropped from 69 kilograms per person to 50, compare that though with Australia where we eat about 37 kilograms per person. So they're much big beef eaters. So I imagine this is what's driving the um, Argentine government to try and limit exports and that, that extra demand to try and keep prices under control. Is that how you see it, Roberto? Yes. You made a good point, Rob, in that sense. I mean, now, the problem in Argentina, I think uh, the basis for the problem in Argentina in determining a ban to, to the export of, of meat, beef meat, is, is absolutely crazy. I mean, it's pure politics. And, and basically, the problem is that the, the, the economic situation in Argentina at the moment, the last couple of years, has been very, very, very bad. If you look at the, at the figures now, uh, last year, the, the, the uh, GDP had a decrease of 10%. Uh, you have into 20 and 20, the, uh, the uh, pandemia, the COVID. Anyway, I mean, if you look at all the figures, it's, it's absolutely a disaster, which uh, is difficult to understand why a country that is so rich with so many uh, possibilities of whatever, oil, grains, cattle, wool, whatever, is doing so bad. And, uh, and uh, for example, at the moment, they are having an inflation rate which is estimated for this year that will be 50.2, but eventually it could be higher than that. So, you know, 50% of inflation is is a huge uh, amount and, and, and very bad for for the uh, for the worker for for the employee, you know. And this is incredible to believe. And uh, obviously, I talk very very often with my friends in Argentina. And, the percentage of poverty, the poverty level, is now reaching 49% of the population. So that's absolutely incredible. You, you just cannot believe that. So, Roberto, in the past, Argentina has banned exports or cut them back. How, does that, how has that played out? And is that likely to be... Are they doing that because it's a successful strategy? Or what do you no, think... No, no, like? absolutely no, 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 no. The same, the same type of government ruled by, by, by the same uh, the, the ex-president, Mr. Kishner, and, and now his wife is, is the vice, vice president. But they have they managed the same principles of you know, populism and populist uh, measures from, from the government. One of them is always, they're always fighting the, the, the rural sector, you know, for example, they have what they call retention, which is, a, is, is basically a tax. For example, let's say you plant soybean, okay? You produce uh, two tons per hectare. Before doing any, any figure on your cost or whatever, you will have to pay 35% of your gross production to the government as a tax. 
And then on top of that, then you have to do the cost and blah, 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 and so on. And then in, in, in the same happens with, with, the, with, with this uh, bans on, on, on the export of, of beef meat. As you said, uh, and you were very clear in that, I mean, it, it, it's not the, 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 the first time they, they do this. They did that in, in 2006. And the consequences of this was absolutely a disaster, including that they lost, started in 2006, okay? They put a ban on exports, supposedly with the idea of having more beef for, for home consumption. But, you know, nothing happened. I mean, what, what happened was a retraction from, from the producers and the, and, the, and, the, and the abattoirs and so on. And, uh, and, and they lost uh, in six years, 12 million beef cattle. So this was the, consequence, the main consequence. No other consequence. The consumption of beef meat has always been very high. You know, as you said, I mean, 40, 45 kilos, 50 kilos is, is a huge amount. I mean, it's, 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 it's not the measures you would, you would expect in a, in, a, in a poor country. But, but the economy and, and the politics is, is running so bad that they, they, they're always in trouble. Now, they, the external debt is 323 billion US dollars. To IMF, you know the another the World Bank and Paris Club and so on. So, so, so what uh, you're saying, Roberto, is is of interest to us here because, firstly, we've got a short-term supply shock with just that that ban on exports, but we note also that in Brazil, they've been their herd has been in decline as they've been slaughtering females to meet Chinese demand. Uh, I imagine that, well, I understand that China is a big customer of uh, Argentina and other South American countries. So they're going to need to get their beef from somewhere else. So we're not only going to have a short-term supply impact, but we could have a longer-term supply impact where we know that in Australia we're trying to build the herd. That's going to take time. And if demand for beef stays where it is, it'll slow that down also. But if that same factor is playing out in South America, it may mean that um, supply of red meat into a world where there seems to be growing demand is going to remain constrained. Is that how you see the, the situation, Roberto? Yes, I, I think you're, you're right in your, in your statement. I mean, obviously, not only China, but also the United States, they, they import uh, mainly fat and cows, not, not all cows. I mean, not, not, not the best steers for you know restaurants and so on so china takes a lot of of uh, you know all all cows and uh, and this this could eventually be translated into a reduction in the beef cow uh, population which is obviously could could be a problem in 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 the medium and, and long term i mean it's something that is, is not i don't see it it's a convenient i mean it Brazil is selling a lot, and they also have, are having a very big drought in, in Brazil, terrible. So the forecast at the, uh, at the, <coughs> the, the, um, the supply from Brazil is going to be in problems, probably. 
this year to, to maintain the, the, the uh, levels of exports. In Europe, it is, I mean, we don't have any, any intervention of the government, so it's a, it's a free enterprise. You, we have uh, abattoirs from you know, all over the world here, supplying the mine, it's, it's operating and there's no intervention. Even we don't have any, any taxes like, like they have in, in Argentina. And this has cost in, in the past, for example, you know, the soybean planters, which have to pay 35 initially, it, it, it's a huge amount. I mean, now that you have a, a soybean uh, probably close to $600 a ton, it's one situation. But, you know, when, when, when it was uh, 300, 320, you know, it's, the situation is it's not good. For example, many, many, many growers in Argentina came to Uruguay to either to buy land or to rent land to, uh, to do uh, maybe becoming involved in cropping because they say, well, look, in, in Argentina, just working for, for the government, I mean, the number of taxes is, is, is huge. So nobody sees any, any, any real solution in, in the short term, you know? Uh, I was talking to, to some of the avatars involved in, in, in Shanghai. There was a, a what they call it, S-I-A-L, the, uh, uh, to promote uh, pro, um, beef, beef meat. So Uruguay was present very strongly. And, 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 and obviously, then this, the sudden absence of Argentina out of the market, you now everybody gets nervous. They say, well, what is going to happen? I mean... It's so, con so, so confusing, this, this uh, measurement. They said, okay, no, but if you are selling within a quarter like, uh, you know, Hilton or uh, the 481, have you heard of this? It's, it's, it's a quarter in the, in the, uh, in the EU for, uh, for animals which have uh, been uh, fattened with, with grains. Yep. And we use that as well. But, but obviously, I mean, if, if you are in the, I was reading today, for example, uh, an interview to uh, the owner of, uh, of an abattoir in, in Argentina, a big one, and he said, look, we don't know what to do because they said, look, they're banning for 30 days. Then there was a strike of the of, uh, producers for 10 days. And now they are starting to talk again, but nobody knows at the end of the day what is going to happen. And I don't think it's going to come back to, to the initial position where they, they could sell and even though uh, on the exports of beef cattle, I think they have a what they call a retention or a tax of uh, initially of nine percent. But 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 it seems to me that the Argentine government is, you know, they have appetite for for the dollars because they haven't got any dollars. So, That's uh, um, it's it's a really concerning situation for Argentine cattle producers and processors, of course, and it's a very important that we keep across it. So, Roberto, I really appreciate you coming on Commodity Conversations and talking about that. But we um, we also know that we first came to know about you through our good mate and uh, and wool analyst, Andrew Woods, here. So it would be, oh, yeah. be remiss of me not to um, ask you something about the wool market. I know the sheep and wool, especially, is your passion and your expertise. 
This week, we noted that the Eastern market indicator is now at its highest point since before COVID impacted. And in fact, fine wool in Australia, so the 17 micron indicator, for instance, is at its highest point since 2019. Now, this is a remarkable recovery and, and a really strong uh, supporter for our sheep and wool enterprise here in Australia. What's your thoughts on, on where this wool market and demand is going? And are we likely to see this continue or maybe are we seeing this as the as some sort of peak of a rally? <clears throat> well, obviously, it's, it's not uh, easy to, to, to answer that because Obviously, in, in the middle of a, a pandemic you know, with the virus and so on, it's, it's very difficult to, to analyze what is going to happen. But what, what we have seen is that the, the consumption, for example, in the U.S. is recovering very, very high, you know, as well as the, as the Chinese uh, consumption of this, this type of wool. The same is happening here. I mean, it's, we get very good prices for, you know, below 18 microns, we get very good prices, particularly if we have some sort of uh, certifications. They're, they're, they're looking for that and you get a few extra money for that. Either here we manage RWS or Organica or Authentica, which is from a French company or whatever. But it's, 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 coming, it's becoming very, very popular because I should say this to, to the Australian because normally the, the, the advantage we have uh, in comparison to Australia is that we do, do not have to, to mules, okay? Because we haven't got the, the fly, the Lucilia cuprina doesn't exist here, fortunately. What, I, what I've seen is that uh, Australia is, is, is in the right direction in terms of also reducing this, uh, the mules because because of the requirements of the demand, which will be more and more involved in the environment and so on. And uh, I have the impression that uh, and, and the, uh, the market is, is now operating very clearly in, in as you say, one is, is very firm in terms of the demand for very fine wool, which is going basically to uh, very, very soft and fine uh, sweaters in China. They used to say, "Okay, we mix it with it's a mix of wool with, uh, with cashmere." But the other, the other sector of, of the wool, I mean, say medium type wools, what, what you call crossbreds, and 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 for us or in other countries in South America, corridor wools, say 28, 29, 30, is absolutely a disaster. I mean, there's no demand from from China. But uh, I have more than, well, the, the, the next season in Europe, and I've been doing a, a, I'm going to send it to Andrew, to, to you as well, because we trans translated this into, into English. It's, uh, it's what, what is happening in the market. It's, I'm doing that with a, with a friend living in, in Europe that used to work for International Wool Secretariat in, 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 in all Europe was in charge of that and it's, 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 it's Uruguayan, so we, he knows a lot what is happening over there. In the next season in Europe, which is going to start in probably September, October, November, 
which is our our sama, will be crucial, you know. But uh, in general, the expectations of uh, a better demand in countries in Europe, in US, and also China, it seems to be quite firm so far. At least talking to, for example, to the to the uh, exporter here and the, the top makers, they say, look, if you're talking about say fine wools, say less than 2021, okay, we can talk about a price, but say from 27, 28, and and coarser than that, zero, zero, zero demand. Well, I think um, it's wonderful to hear you talk about wool. Roberto, and I know that we'll be very interested in looking at this report of yours, and I suspect that it's going, Olivia, we might be getting Roberto back on to talk about this. Um, thank you very much for extending your generosity to Commodity Conversations and giving us a background and insights on the Argentine situation and beef in general. Um, we, we love having you on, Roberto, and we know that a lot of people love listening to you here in Australia. You're, you did spend a lot of time here in Australia, um, so your knowledge of us is, is certainly, I think, stands you in good stead when you're talking to us. Thank you very much for joining Commodity Conversations again, and we wish you all the best in Uruguay. Well, Rob, it, uh, you know, and uh, David and Olivia, that for me is uh, an honour and, and, and a real pleasure to to be in contact with you. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Commodity Conversations. As always, we'd love it if you could share around the podcast to anyone you know, and also leave us a review or rating on your podcast platform of choice. Until next time, have a great week.